Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined us on this fourth Sunday of Lent. When I used to be chaplain of Trinity Catholic High School, kids would often come in and eat lunch in my office. And on one particular occasion, a girl came in and sat down, and we started chatting, and I asked her, so what are you giving up for Lent? And she said, well, I'm giving up burritos. And I looked down at her plate, and she was eating a burrito. And I said, Gabby, what's that? And she said, oh, this? No, this is not a burrito. This is a Southwest chicken wrap. Oh, wait a second. That's the exact same thing. You know, we're at the point in our Lenten journey where we may be tempted to kind of cut corners or to make excuses about why we can't fulfill our Lenten obligations. You know, maybe we decided to give up dessert for Lent, but we say, you know, that pineapple upside down cake, it's got fruit on it, so it must be healthy, right? It's not dessert. Wait a second. Or maybe we gave up gossip, but we say, well, you know, I had to speak about so-and-so. I mean, it was just necessary to vent and kind of share what she did. All right, well, or maybe we committed to praying the rosary every day, but we get to the end of our day and just say, well, you know, I'm tired and the Lord's going to understand because and I'll just put it off till tomorrow. I know human beings have a remarkable ability to make excuses, and I'm preaching to myself first and foremost because I really am the master of excuses. One time there was a woman who was getting ready for church, and she saw her husband just kind of lounging in the chair reading the newspaper. She said to him, aren't you going to church with me? And he said, nah, I'm not going. I don't like that new pastor. And the woman responded, well, you don't like the new bartender either, but you keep going up there. And so the man got up and went to church. He got the point that our excuses don't hold water. In today's gospel, the Pharisees are filled with excuses about why they can't follow Jesus after this incredible miracle of healing the blind man is performed right in front of their very eyes. You know, first they say, well, oh, this man healed on the Sabbath. That can't be a miracle. Oh, you know, this man's a sinner. It can't, can't be a miracle. Notice the damning words of St. John as he writes that the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged Jesus as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. So in other words, they already made up their minds not to believe in Jesus. And they're just looking for excuses and reasons to disbelieve this absolutely remarkable miracle in front of their eyes. There's really no reason for this except for pride. They don't want to experience what Father Mike Schmitz called the joy of being wrong. It's easier for them to think themselves right and ignore all that evidence that's plainly before their eyes, like a blind man regaining his sight. So, what about us? Because I've certainly never seen a remarkable miracle like that, like someone opening their eyes. And maybe we've struggled in our faith, and maybe we've said, well, Lord, I wish I could believe in you, but I need proof. I need to see a miracle. I need to see you raise the dead. I need to see you open the eyes of the blind. I just need to see a Eucharistic miracle then. Then I'll believe. Then I'll follow more faithfully. But my friends, isn't life itself a miracle? I mean, yeah, we've never been given, we've never seen the eyes of a blind man opened, but we opened our eyes this morning. That itself is a gift. It's true that we've never, I've never seen anyone risen from the dead, but we arose from sleep to a new day of life. That itself is a miracle. Yeah, I've never seen the sun dance around in the sky like the 70,000 people saw during the apparitions of Fatima, but I've certainly seen the beauty of hundreds of sunsets, and that's pretty miraculous. Yeah, it's true that God has never audibly told me that he loves me, but hasn't he shown us that he loves us by giving us the love of family and friends? You know, often we think these everyday gifts are so insignificant and commonplace that we take them for granted. But we can't say that we've never seen God's handiwork because all of creation shouts of his glory. Now, someone may object, yeah, but... 
I mean, science can explain all of that. Sunsets and breathing and, and the psychology of human love. All right, yeah, it's true. Science can explain a great deal. It can explain how our respiratory system works, but can it explain why life is valuable and why it's treasured as a gift? It can explain, yeah, how a sunset is light refracting off of dust particles in the air, but can it explain why we find it beautiful and awe-inspiring? Yes, it may be able to explain that the feelings of love come from certain chemicals that are released in our brain, but why do we have more of a longing for an infinite kind of love? I think our human experience recognizes that we are more than just a random collection of atoms and molecules. We intuitively know that there's something supernatural going on beneath the surface of our material world. So one then may ask, well, but then why does God keep himself so hidden? Why doesn't he do more obvious miracles? And I think here's the reason. Because God respects human freedom, and he would never want to force us to love him. Notice how even after the miracle in the gospel, Jesus doesn't force the man to come to faith. It's a gradual process, right? First, the man calls Jesus just a man. And then later on, he says, well, this man's a prophet. Later on, he says, this prophet is from God. And finally, at the end, he comes to true faith and he falls to his knees and says, my Lord, and my son of God, and worships him. In the same way, you know, if God were constantly doing these mind-blowing things, we really wouldn't have much choice in the matter. We'd have to fall down and worship him because it's just so awe-inspiring. But instead, he wants to offer us a gentle invitation, not an earth-shattering miracle to compel us to love him. It's something that must be done in freedom. You know, this has a very practical consequence. At least in my church, we're coming to the end of our religious education. And this past year, we required families to attend Mass together, not to make it a hoop to jump through, but to try to develop within us a regular habit of worship together as a family. You know, in a couple of weeks when CCD ends, our hope really is that families will accept the invitation to continue coming to Mass. We can't force, and we wouldn't want to, because love is not forced. Love responds freely to the invitation. But we have to recognize that at the same time, there's going to be a lot of excuses that are going to boil up in our hearts for why we can't come to Mass and why we can't practice our faith. You know, we say, well, we're too busy, or we got sports games, or we're too weak and sinful to follow him. It's too difficult, or, you know, it's just not practical. Or will people, what will people think of us if we start really living out our faith? These are some of the excuses that are going to arise in our hearts if we really are true about, you know, serving Christ and loving him. And what's the answer to that? The answer to all these excuses? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That is the answer to our excuses. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about other people's opinions because love doesn't matter. Love doesn't worry about those things. Love, rather, responds to the invitation that God, who is love, has already extended in Jesus Christ. So let me sum all that up. As we continue our Lenten journey and our journey through life, we'll be tempted with many excuses to abandon the practice of our faith. Yeah, it, indeed, that's it's sometimes a challenge to do so. But God has showed his love and his presence in so many ways, in the amazing things he did in history by dying and rising for us, in sustaining our lives here on earth and filling it with good things, in offering us the Eucharist and the chance for everlasting life. So today, let us make a resolution to accept that invitation that he does very subtly through the gifts that we have in our faith, through the gifts we experience on a daily basis, and put aside all these excuses and rather pursue a life that is a generous yes to him.